This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. China has a new export. Something totally gross. And then we continue our stay in China to see if there's any truth to the rumor that they are working on a time machine. And then we travel to Japan to look at a long-running mystery that I explored in the early days of this show. The Man from Torred. A man supposedly arrived at a Tokyo airport with a passport showing he was from a country that never existed. And then he mysteriously vanished before he could be asked more questions. Ladies and gentlemen, we found him. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a ton of stuff to cover and we don't have a time machine, so we just got to get going. First off, let's give a shout out to one of our legacy Patreons, a longtime supporter of the show, one of the veterans of the Dead Rabbit Discord. It's Swain on Discord. Everyone give a round of applause as he is coming in on his own time machine. He goes, the future is awesome, Jason. We are all super cool. So everyone give Swain a high five for giving us the great news. Swain, you're going to be our captain. Get rid of that time machine. I'm going to give you the keys to a blimp. You're going to be our captain, our pilot of this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, or if you guys aren't from the future, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. We're going to have flyers in the show notes below. You can start passing those out. Stuart Meatball already said when Scotland reopens, he's going to be plastering, he said the entire country, he said every single square foot will have a Dead Rabbit Radio banner. There. So thank you, Stuart. I'm gonna I want photos. I want photos, but you guys can also spread the word however you spread the word. Get the word out about the show. Swain, I'm gonna I promise you, I'm gonna toss you the keys to the dead rabbit dirgeable. We are gonna leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed out to China. It's November 2018, and Swain, I want you to take us down right over there. It's at Kagnan County in China. And as we're flying over this town, we see a bunch of police fans. Action music playing. The cops are loading up their weapons. They probably should have done that before they got in the vans. There's like two blocks away. They're like dropping bullets on the floor. The cops kick open the back of the van. And they start running into a factory. And they kick down the door. It's super stinky in there. Oh, man. The officers are overwhelmed. And they know where the scent is coming from. They see all these buckets. Full of this liquid, just bloop, 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 just sitting there. It wasn't actually bubbling. It's not a witch's cauldron. But as some of the cops are rounding up the perps, the suspects, the other cops are daring each other to go near these buckets. Bloop, 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 bloop. Officer Johnny gets closer and he looks in, and it's silicon gel. And inside of it are condoms. And he's like, the intel was right, gentlemen. <laughs> the intel was right. This is a counterfeit condom factory. These condoms were, like, dissolving. They had holes in them. Basically, all the things you don't want a condom to have, other than, like, lice. 
these were counterfeit condoms, and people were suspicious, because generally a pack of condoms cost, you know, like, a couple bucks. There were stores that, in the area, there were stores in the area that was selling condoms for 15 cents each. That's a gamble. That's a gamble if you're willing to trust a 15 cent condom. That's a game. And it's that's in their currency. I actually had to do currency conversion. It's not like, well, maybe 15 cents is different in China. No, it's the equivalent of US 15 cents. It's the people are like, there's no way these can be legit. And the guy with like 10 babies is like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're faulty. But not only were they making counterfeit condoms, because you know that's weird, but is it Dead Rabbit Radio weird? No. What this next detail is, they sold seven million dollars worth of counterfeit condoms. But how do you counterfeit a condom? The condoms were used previously. (laughs) They were collecting used condoms and washing them off in silicon gel and then repackaging them. They had when the cops bust in, they had a bunch of Durex cardboard containers at the warehouse, which is great advertising for Durex brand brand condoms. Whenever you see those now, you're going to be like, "Uh, I don't know about that, honey. Durex brand (laughs) condoms... We're having $7 million worth at 15 cents each sold. They were all used condoms. So that's borderline paranormal. How do you collect $7 million worth of used condoms? That's that's mind-boggling. It's not like they just sold the same condom over and over and over again. How would you get that many condoms? Where are they collecting these condoms from? Do they have like a giant bucket outside of like a shop or or McDonald's or something like that. It's like, dispose of your condoms. And people, how do you collect that many condoms? I don't get it. How do you collect, like, I could understand if they were making condoms, like subpar condoms that had holes in them and they dissolved and things like that. But how do you collect used condoms? I I really can't, I can understand collecting maybe like five or 10 at like a frat house on a Friday night. But $7 million worth? I don't even think the entire U.S. college system uses $7 million worth of condoms that are 15 cents each. I'm sure they probably use that much if they're paying legit full prices for Trojan brand condoms. But Durex brand, (laughs) Durex brand. I just, that boggles my mind. It's possible that the only way to collect this many used condoms... Is by using a time machine, huh? You like that segue? You like that that segue slash I have nothing else to say about that story? Other than the fact that a bunch of police broke into a room full of used condoms and buckets that were slowly soaking. That's the one crime the cops did not steal any evidence from the evidence locker. They're like, no way. I'll take all that crack, though. Swain on Discord, since I've insulted the Chinese police, let's get out of here before they arrest us and dunk our heads in the condom-soaked silicon gel. I'm going to toss you the keys of the Jason Jalopy. Go, 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 go! We are leaving behind Kangen County, and we are headed to a top-secret location in China. Beep, beep! Car is slowly but surely traveling through China, and the police have just given up. They want to go get some of that sweet, sweet crack out of the evidence locker. This is a weird story. It's one of the stories that popped up. I was expecting a couple of you guys to suggest it. I was expecting it to hit the paranormal community pretty hard. And nothing. Actually waited on it. I go, it's going to be a big thing. I usually don't cover well-known topics. The Hipster Paranormal Podcast, Dead Rev Radio. No, I figure you guys have learned about it in other places. There's no point in rehashing it. No, this one, like the Army Hammer story, just kind of existed in a moment. And um, the paranormal conspiracy community just didn't seem to 
know about it, I guess. I don't know. I find it incredibly fascinating. The ramifications of it are quite chilling. What happened recently was a leaked PowerPoint, a PowerPoint project or program or slideshow, however you want to say it, was leaked. So what the story is, is this. There is a group known as Shinaxi Rutai Technology. And apparently, this PowerPoint says that this group is working with the Chinese Academy of Sciences Institute of High Energy Physics, which is a government-run group. And then you have this private sector group. They are working on something known as the Space-Time Tunnel Generation Experimental Device, or as an acronym, STEGD, which they didn't say that. I just said that. I don't know if they're actually going around calling it STEGD. But the space-time tunnel, according to this PowerPoint, what this device will be able to do is distort time and space, control the rate and flow of time. Specifically, it does mention time travel. It also says interstellar voyage, life extension, quote, break through the barrier of time and space. It's not something they're saying, you know, if we use this machine, it might make a, a light particle move forward like 10 nanoseconds. They're saying, no, this will actually have time travel abilities. It will have real-world applications. It also says they are going to pick a location. They need 16 acres to build this thing. And they expect it to be ready 7 to 12 months after they receive funding. The PowerPoint also explains that Nobel laureate Gao Kun has recognized and praised the device. So this PowerPoint gets leaked, and the Chinese Academy had to come forward and say, none of that's true. None of that is true. We're not building a time machine. We don't know why we're being linked to this thing. The group, uh, Shinaxi Rutai Technology Group, came out and they said, we are not building a time machine. They said, we know how the information got out there. Apparently, they were working with a financing group, and this was some mock-up that was made that got released. Now, that makes sense, and the Nobel laureate Gao Kun doesn't exist, and the Rutai, the Shinaxi Rutai Technology Group, has only been around since December, December 2020. So those are all red flags. When the people are looking at this, when journalists are looking at this, they see that the Nobel laureate doesn't exist, the company is brand new. What are the chances of any of this actually being real? It probably is a financing presentation that everyone thought was funny until it accidentally got leaked and they all have egg on their face. Here's the thing. Of course China is working on a time machine. Uh, 100% they're working on a time machine. America's working on a time machine. Russia's working on a time machine. Every country that has any money to burn, and even if you don't, you don't really have to worry about your bank account if you have a time machine. You just go back in time, you're stealing jewels from Robin Hood. Or you could just mine the same gold mine over and over again. Or you don't even need to do that. You just you have a time machine, you just gamble. Every country's working on a time machine. You always hear this stuff about uh, CIA was trying to send astrally projected people to Mars and the many stare at goats. If they're willing to do stuff like that, they're working on time machines. So of course they're working. This might, I mean, this story itself may be a financial mock-up, but of course China is trying to build a time machine. You would be stupid if you weren't. You would be stupid if you weren't spending at least a million dollars a year trying to figure out time travel. Because that's the end of it. Whoever figures out time travel first wins. You'd be dumb if you didn't have 0.5% of your budget earmarked for time travel and you just have it filed to something else. Because we're spending money on literally every other thing. Trying to build psychic armies, kidnapping kids for super soldiers, stuff like that. All those other things. Build a time machine. All, everything else becomes irrelevant. 
what's interesting is all the articles on this is like, China's building a time machine. Apparently, Jerry Seinfeld is now the news announcer. China's building a time machine. But it was just a financial mock-up. The company is only a couple months old, and this Nobel laureate doesn't exist. But is that true? Because with the time machine, it could have been true. And now it's not. Shinaxi Rutai could have been around for the past 50 years. And Nobel laureate Gao Kun has always been the head of can we actually achieve time travel? And he had spent his entire career with that theory in mind. So when he backed this project, everyone was like, there must be something to this thing. But then someone in another country flipped a switch. This is a startup company that Nobel laureate never existed. They say World War III will be fought with nukes, and World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. But with the time machine, there will never be another war. Just countless victories across time. We would never know the battle even happened. We would just exist at the whims of our time lords. So hopefully, hopefully it's someone who's not morally bankrupt who actually has this time machine. Swain on Discord, I'm going to give you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We're going to escape from this time vortex that's about to swallow up China. We are leaving behind the country. We are going to outrun this time vortex that's quickly swallowing up the past, and we are headed out to Japan. This is a fascinating story we're about to cover. I, the man from Torrid is one of my favorite paranormal stories. I actually covered it on episode 15 of this podcast. That was week three. It was a more well-known story. And again, I don't normally cover well-known stories, but I love that story so much. I wanted to cover it. Like I, I, that was one of the stories that I needed to cover right away. The man from Torrid. And I'll do a quick recap but before we get there. I need to give some shout outs. First off. We're going to give a shout out to Teso8 on YouTube. They're the ones who actually recommended this story to me. I did not see this pop up. And they sh- said, hey, did you hear that the man from Torrid had been solved? So hats off to you. Really, really great story. I also want to give a shout out to two Reddit users who did a bunch of research on this. You have Tara Ochi and Nakarj. And also I got a bulk of my information from kookscience.com. So great research, everyone. Here we go. The Man from Tor is a very mysterious story. It's one of my favorites. It has to do with portals, alternate dimensions, time travels, things like that. In 1954, a plane landed in Tokyo. And a man tried to enter the country of Japan. He's at this airport in Tokyo. And when they see his passport, it says that he's from the country of Torred. It's not a real country. It doesn't exist. So the Japanese authorities are like, what are you, this is not real. The guy got in a huge argument with him. He goes, yeah, it's in between Spain and France. He gets in this argument with him, and he starts talking about these places that no one there has heard of. The Japanese officials are calling in their supervisors. They're like, there is no Torred. And that's when they brought a map out, and they said, where is it? And he pointed to in between Spain and France. He goes, there it is. And they said, listen, as far as we know, this is forged document. You're an alien. His eyes move from side to side. They're like, not a space alien. He's like, whew, they don't suspect that. They go, we're going to put you in a hotel, and we're going to have to question you. We can't let you just walk around the country that is not safe for anybody. So they put him up in a hotel until they can figure out if he's a spy or something like that. 
And then the next day when they go to question him, he ordered a bunch of room service. They see a bunch of plates outside his door. They're like, ah, Torad. Before they can go question him, they go to his hotel room. He's gone. And the story always says, like, the hotel room was on the ninth floor, the eighth floor, something like that. So the implication is that he vanished. He went back to his reality, which is, I think, how I ended my episode. I love portal stories. I love alternate dimension stories. I love the man from Torad. The earliest version of that story we see is in a book written in 1981 called The Directory of Possibilities by Colin Wilson and John Grant. Colin Wilson is one of my favorite authors, so the fact that he was a part of this mystery as well... Colin Wilson is one of my favorite authors as well. He does a lot of true crime stuff and paranormal stuff. He's passed away, unfortunately, by now. But So that was one of the earliest mentions of this was in 1981, this book. It's a very short paragraph. It's basically what I just told you. In 1954, a man got off a plane. His passport said that he was from Torrid, and he mysteriously disappeared. Very, very short paragraph. And then over the years, over the decades, it's gone to include details about him disappearing from the hotel, the map, him pointing at the map. That wasn't in the 1981 version. But you figured, you know, there must be other sources out there. But Colin Wilson and John Grants was the earliest version of that. But the legend's grown slightly. But it, and it never got too big. But what's so interesting about this is the way that these things just kind of shake out in the end. And it really gives a lot of hope to us paranormal researchers that huge mysteries like the Altloff Pass, the Yuba County Five, which are basically the same story, just different locations, can be solved. The lead man masks, the people with the lead masks. all Those really, really popular ones. Because what happened was... Teriochi's from Japan. Reddit user Teriochi is from Japan. And they just randomly heard about this man from Torad story. They just came across it on Reddit. So I think someone was posting, I'm doing a research paper on the man from Torad. Does anyone have any information on that? And uh, Teriochi looks at it and goes, oh, I've never heard of this story. I'm going to look into this mystery. Now, this mystery has been going on from at least 1981 to now. It may have been around before, but the earliest version we can find written down is 1981. 1981 to 2021. Terochi figured it out. Several Japanese newspaper articles were written about this case. From the time the plane landed to the time he got sentenced to prison. Here's what happened. John Allen Kuchar Zergas wanted to fly the world in style. But he's just the schlub. He's just the dude. So he made up a new identity. This is 100%. There's several articles on this. There's a couple articles in English as well. And then the Japanese articles. This was cited at the British House of Parliaments. I'm shocked that everyone missed this, including me. This is very, very well documented. John Allen Kuchar Zergis wanted to create a new identity. Give a little pizzazz to him. He wanted to be like a secret agent. He was working for these other governments. And when he landed in Tokyo, he had a passport. And this passport was, quote, stamped as issued at Tamanrasset, the capital of Torred, south of the Sahara, unquote. So there we look at the first confirmation that there was a man with a passport from Torred. There is a difference in the location. We were always told it was between France and Spain. It actually turns out that he said it was south of the Sahara. But 
other than that detail, it pretty much matches up the story. He lands in Tokyo. The officials stop him, and he's been traveling all over the world. It is stamped in other countries. They were able to backtrack what this guy was up to. The Tokyo officials took a real close look at it, and they go, where's Torred? They bring out a map. That actually happened. That was part of the original story, and he, he couldn't show on the map where Torred was. There was no him pointing at it and being like, no, no, it's here, it's here. It must be an alternate reality. None of that stuff. Some of the articles difference in the spelling of the word Torred, but other than that, everything matches. There's a version of the story that's told in a Vancouver newspaper. I was able to look at a clipping of that newspaper. I wasn't able to get the name of it. But there was another version of the story published in a Japanese newspaper, the Yomuri Shimbun, the August 10th, 1960 version of the newspaper. This is also scanned in. You can read Japanese. You can read it. It's all going to be the show notes. If you can't read Japanese, but you can read English, the Vancouver articles in the show notes. In the Japanese newspaper, it says... This event happened on October 17th, 1959. We actually have the date. It was a couple years off of what we were told. But on October 17th, 1959, John Allen Kuchar Zergis lands in Tokyo. It also says his wife was with him. That would have made a completely different story as well. Because that is would be less mysterious, I think. If him and his wife were there and she's like, Oh, John, John, you're not from Torred. We've been caught. We've been hoodwinked. The fact that it was a lone traveler made it seem more mysterious, like it could possibly happen. One person coming from an alternate universe, probably. But the man and his wife, he's like, oh, man, I wish I left you five universes back. He's like, um, who's that Henny Youngman? <laughs> who's that? Who else is 80 years old and knows a Henny Youngman joke? Is that even his name? Is it Kenny Youngman? Take my wife, interdimensional portal, please. Anyways, let's get back to the topic at hand. Benny Youngman. Wait, what was it? Doesn't matter. Has nothing to do with the man from Torred. He had his wife with him. And this isn't just these articles running these goofy stories. He was taken to court. He was actually sentenced to prison for this. He went to prison for a year. And the Japanese article says what happened was at his trial, when he was found guilty, he had glass hidden in his mouth, a little piece of glass. He spit it out and began trying to cut his wrist open until Japanese officers dragged him away and threw him in prison for a year. So it's not like these articles are like, you want to hear a wacky story like the haunted taxi cab story we did on Monday? No, there's court documents. They're not, the, court, the court stenographer isn't making up a story. She's like, this will be super spooky someday. This actually happened. We do know the man from Torred now was a man named John Allen Kuchar Zergis who was committing fraud. He made a fake passport and was traveling the world in style. This was actually mentioned in a meeting with the British House of Commons on July 29th, 1960. One of the MPs said, hey, this remember when this happened? We <laughs> just had a good chuckle. It had to do what he was talking about. But So it wasn't a super well-known story, but it wasn't completely obscure either. It was being reported here and there. It's weird that it completely got forgotten. So by 1960, this stuff was being published next to every other article in the news. These weren't flights of fancy. This actually happened. And then 21 years later, it's being told as, here's a mysterious story. One day a man landed with a passport from a country that doesn't exist, and then he disappeared. He disappeared in the Japanese prison system is what happened. And from 1981 to now, the story has had even more details added to it. The idea of alternate realities, the idea of him disappearing magically from the hotel back to his home dimension. 
but it was a guy who was committing fraud. I find this ending to the story, The Man from Torrid, absolutely fascinating. Sure, it would be great if he appeared from that home dimension and goes, hey, everyone, I have developed the ability to travel through dimensions. You have to fly on planes to do it. It's kind of like flying a plane, but you can just travel back and forth. And then we would have proof of alternate dimensions and realities, and he can finally bring me back my Berenstein Bear collections. He's like, here's the true spelling, world. But it's not the fact. That's not the fact of the matter. It was a man who lived on this reality who was committing fraud. And that, to me, is honestly just as interesting. Because on this show, we talk about not just the conspiracies and the paranormal stories, but a lot of times I like to look at why they exist how they're formed. And this is a perfect example of that. People getting little details wrong until the wrong details became the real details. And Colin Wilson is a huge name in true crime and paranormal literature of the 70s to the 90s. So you can be the best of the best and still get details wrong. And his whole book wasn't about the man from Torrid. It was almost like just an aside. It was literally two or three sentences. But it was a story I'm sure that he had heard that had morphed from 1960 to the time he was typing it down. It didn't really pay it much thought. It was just a weird story he was going to put in his book. And from those two or three paragraphs, it became a thing. It became a story. It became one of my favorite paranormal stories. And I repeat it on episode 15 of a podcast that's lasted 625, 26 episodes. I wanted to tell the story that badly. I got it out right away. But the end was the end was immigration fraud. I find that fascinating. And it makes me think, this guy, he just heard the story on Reddit and he goes, oh, I'm gonna look into this. And he started just kind of poking around and found these Japanese articles, and he's like, Oh, it was a court trial. Like this is totally solvable. It was solvable in 1960. It was solvable in 1981. It just took someone who had no connection to the story to look into it. So it makes you wonder, I know there's that thing, and I got a couple requests to do it as well, but the Dealtlov Pass being solved with the Avalanche Simulator, and I appreciate it. I got a lot of requests to do that one. But it, it was super big news, and I, again, I didn't want to rehash it, but I appreciate all the requests that came in to do that story. But Dealtlov Pass, they said it was an avalanche. It, to me, that's a theory. Like, we don't know. That was just a theory. And someone ran a snow simulation using the computer graphics from Frozen, using the physics from the movie Frozen. Maybe but this was this, this is actually documented. We have an ant. This is a firm answer to the man from Torrid. You can't refute this now. You can't say, "Oh, it was, it was fake news." It was fake news that never happened. A newspaper in 1960 knew we'd be talking about this all this time later. No, it's it's provably the story's false. The story is not real. And if you didn't catch it, everything in this episode was fake. The the stories were real, but they're all bit like fake condoms. And is there really a time machine being built? Not officially. And then this story. I kind of built them around this theme of stuff isn't as it seems. I mean, hopefully it's just a Torred story and not the condom that's dissolving on you while you're having sex. You know, I'd much rather this story be fake than that one. But I'm not saying it's fake that I'm trying to trick you that all of these stories are based on things that were false. But the man from Torred was provably false and no one knew it until someone from outside the story showed up. So is it possible at some point someone's going to walk in and have the answer to the Yuba County 5? I'll put those Yuba County 5 episode in the show notes. I really like that one. But it's a group of people who went missing. There might be someone who's never looked at this stuff before who either has the right information or knows where to look or both. 
and they solve it instantly. And to me, that makes the search for truth even more exciting. Because it means that the truth is out there. It may not always be the paranormal answer, but at least it's an answer. We now know the truth behind the story of Man of Torad. And it doesn't make it any less interesting. It just makes the world's mysteries seem solvable. And that is an exciting future. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.